Today is an incredible day. Today is a great day we can celebrate. An incredible God, an incredible Savior. An incredible man who came to just show us the way. But in our nation's history, there's been so many people who have gone before us. There's been so many people who have spoken into the lives of history. And we take this one day, which is tomorrow, Memorial Day, to just stop and remember. As uh, Pastor Mark was saying, I am a U.S. Army chaplain. I'm also an Assembly of God chaplain. So we call this church home because Assemblies of God is a, a really incredible denomination to me. And it's something that's always been there for me. And it's always been a great support of what we do in the Army, just to support soldiers and anyone else. Get a call from God. Um, as Pastor Mark mentioned, he's asked me to speak about Memorial Day. He's asked me to speak about the things that we have seen in the memorials of uh, Fort Bragg and other soldiers and other things that are going on in our lives. And for some reason today, God has just been really making this a challenge for me. He's been allowing me to just see a glimpse of what he wants me to say. But every single, take, every single time I take a step towards where I think I'm supposed to be going with a message... He lets me know that there's something else out there. So I'm going to change up the beginning of my message, not that you would have known anyway, but I'm saying that just to say that there's somebody out here that needs to hear this story. And as the end of that message was saying, you know, we will always remember. Memorial Day is always about stopping and taking a moment of remembrance. And uh, I, when I was sitting there doing praise and worship, I love this praise band. I mean, there's just something about it. You know that God is here. And the dedication that you guys come out every single week and just, not a performance, but you praise God and show us which way to go. And when I was sitting there, I was just thinking, you know, God wants me to remember some of the things that he's brought me through. And one particular story just came to mind when I had first started in the chaplaincy back in 2003. I was out in Fort Hood, Texas. We were doing a, a field training exercise, and my entire battalion was out in the field. They were spread across because they were armor in, in 1st Cavalry Division. And uh, I was going from company to company, and I knew I only had a short amount of time, and I had to get to every single company, or at least I thought I did. So I had 10 minutes here and 10 minutes there and then 10 minutes over here. And I knew it was going to take me about an hour to go from one location to the next. So I just endeavored, okay, first one, 10 minutes done, okay, go to the next one. And just as I was leaving from that first Bible study I did out in the middle of the field, sitting on MRE boxes and just talking to these great soldiers doing their work, I'm running back to the Humvee to jump in the Humvee to drive off to the next location. And I'm like, hey, I've got communion. If anybody wants it, I'm just going to give it to you and just go. And one of them said, wait, can you be a little bit more long-winded? Can you tell us a little bit more? Can't you just talk to us about what this incredible God you just told us about can do for me today? And I was, I was convicted in my spirit to say, I put a time limit on God. I put a time limit to say, God, I'm going to go here for 10 minutes and then go here for 10 minutes. And God wanted to do a work in someone's life. And I was rushing it. And I look back at that, and that was probably one of the most pivotal times in my career to say, God, it's your way. It's your show. I'm just your vessel. You show me which way to go. And today, God wants someone in here to remember God wants someone in here to remember what he's done for you. He wants you to remember all the things that he's gotten you through. And how many times that you have faced adversity after adversity and you don't know which else way to go. And you're that person crying out in the middle of the field saying, God, I just need a little bit more. God, can you just give me a little bit more because I need it today. 
And today, I believe that God has a message for us. I think God knows who is here today. On Memorial Day weekend, you guys came to church. Why? It's a four-day. He could go out and do whatever he wanted to, right? There's plenty of people on post that left. In fact, when Pastor Mark called me the other day, he was kind of like hitting around to it. Um, are you going to be around uh, this weekend? Are you going to be there? <laughs> Thinking that I wasn't going to be here. But what else better place to be, right? In God's house, celebrating God's incredible work and incredible salvation of what we're doing. Remembrance. Open up your Bibles to Luke 18. You're the only church that ever does that. <laughs> but as we look at remembrance, as we look at looking back to what God has done, just keep your finger there. Because how many people can remember everything that's ever happened to them? Anybody? Wow, I'm surprised. Usually women hold up their hands. Hey, Pastor Mark, maybe next time you need to do a series, you can do about women actually remembering everything. But No, but there's a lot of times where I'll sit there and uh, my wife Heidi, my awesome wife Heidi down the front row, is she beautiful? <laughs> She's going to kill me later. But she will, she will ask me about something that I should remember, and I just don't for some reason. And then she'll just rattle it off like it was happened yesterday. And I'm just sitting back there going, God, why can I not remember this kind of stuff? Maybe it's from that selectivitis that you were always talking about in one of your messages. But tomorrow's Memorial Day, the day that we stop and we look to find out what the service of this country and the people who have served this country have done. It started out as Decoration Day back in the Civil War. Decoration Day where they would go to the monuments and they would go to the grave sites and they would put flags and flowers down to remember the service of the soldiers. In fact, one history that I read, it talked about during the Civil War, how there was a time and a break in the war where they actually stopped the fighting so they could stop and remember their own soldiers in their own way. And nobody was fighting that day. A day of remembrance. A day to stop. A day to just look back and say, we need to stop and remember those who have gone before us. Memorial Day. A quiet day of reflection. A day to look back and say, God, what are you doing in my life? God, what are you doing in our country? How can we help you reach those in our country that need you? But most of all, people around here are going to stop and remember those people who are fighting for our freedom, justice, and the American way. Those people who have gone before us. Now, I don't want you guys to stand because I know we've already done a couple standing, but how many people have ever served in the military? Just raise your hand, whether it's veterans, Army, Reserve, National Guard, Navy. Look at that. All those people. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Those people who have gone before us. And God, every single time, will just check my spirit and just say, hey, I've gone before you as well. Don't forget about me. So today I'm going to kind of blend the military with the ministry of what God is doing today. Each time I think about Memorial Day, I think about all the, the monuments that we have in all the towns and the, and the states across our country. How many people have been down to the Airborne Special Ops Museum on Hay Street? A number of you. Have you seen all the memorials getting to that museum? How many people have actually stopped at them? A couple. 
And every single time I see one and I have time, I will stop because those names are resembling of somebody who has gone. And some gone to be the Lord. When we stop and we think about how incredible that is, we have to stop and thank God. And we've got to pray for their families. My unit is part of the U.S. Army Special Operations Command, or USASOC. And next week, USASOC is going to be spending tons of money flying in the families of people who have lost their life in service to our country in USASOC. There's probably about 100 families that are coming in next week alone. And we're just going to shower them with, with praise and grace and just prayer. And myself and other chaplains are just going to go around the crowds when they show up and just pray for these people as they are still grieving over the loss of their son, their daughter, their husband, their brother. And I just stop and I look back and say, God, thank you for allowing me to get through 30 months in combat and never have to worry that my my wife will be one of those people that's going to get a message like that. But not everyone is that lucky. And that's what today is all about. The reason that Yusasak does this is for two reasons. It's for the families, because they have to know that somebody will always remember their loved one. They will always remember that person who has gone before them, but they also do it for the soldiers. Because the soldiers need to realize that there will be somebody that will remember me if I put my life in the line. If I say, I will go ahead and fight when nobody else wants to. And they will be remembered for fighting those who are trying to oppress other people's freedom. Or as we say in special forces, they oppress a liber. If you think about it, Jesus did this so many times. He called us back to remembrance. He, talked, he grabbed us and said, hey, don't you remember? And one time was in Matthew 16, 8. When he's talking about the yeast of the Pharisees, he's talking to the disciples and they think he's talking about bread. Disciples, don't you get it? And he says in verse 8, you of little faith, Why? Are you talking amongst yourselves of having no bread? Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves and the 5,000? Don't you remember? Or the seven loaves and the 4,000? How many baskets you gathered? How it is that you don't understand? I was not talking about bread. Jesus is speaking right into the heart of the disciples, those people that he has chosen to follow him. And yet they still don't get it. So that gives us a buy, right? We don't have to worry about it because we weren't even a disciple. So if we don't get it, it doesn't matter. No, God holds us to a different standard. And God is using the stories and the incredible reenactments of what he has done in his scripture to show us that we, too, need to realize and remember all the times that God has gone before us. Pastor Mark has had an entire sermon series on extraordinary events, which I think is very inventive, very good. But... How many times have we invited friends to come in and hear about these extraordinary events? How many times have we talked to those people in our neighborhoods, in our families, in our workplaces, to talk to them about the incredible events? Because I love being here, and I love hearing his sermons, and just being reminded about what God is doing, what God has done, and what God is going to do. How many times have we stopped and looked at our own lives? said, what about me? Where am I going? What am I doing with my life? And I think God wants to talk to us today. Because it's one thing to hear it. One thing to remember it. But then to actually take it one step farther. Say, God, I will go for you. I will go and do what you want me to do. 
Reading from Luke 18, starting at verse 18 through 29. A certain ruler asked him, God, good teacher, what must I do to inherit life, eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not give false testimony, honor your father and mother. All these I have kept as I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was a man of great wealth. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard is it for rich to enter the kingdom of God? Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, Then who can be saved? Jesus replied, What is impossible with men is possible with God. Peter said to him, We have left all we we had to follow you. I tell you the truth, Jesus said to them, No one who has left home, wife, or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in this age to come, which is eternal life. I believe that Jesus is saying two things to us today in that passage. Remember and follow me. Remember and follow me. It's one thing to say, hey, I remember those things that happened. I remember all those enactments. I remember God actually doing that for me. But when Jesus says, follow me, Now he's actually asking you to take a step, to come out of your comfort zone, to sit back and say, God, what in my life do I have to look at? He starts off by saying in point number one, remember the scripture. Remember the scripture. Remember the things that I have taught you. Remember those things that have gone before you and we have laid out for you so that you know what you're supposed to believe in. He quotes a couple of commandments. Do a little Bible quiz thing here, but we don't have time for that. He quotes commandments 7, 6, 8, 9, and 5. Now, why wouldn't he go in order? Jesus is all about being in order, right? And yet he quotes them out of order. Why would he do that? There must have been a reason why he was doing that. Because he picked five out of the top ten. Okay, a couple people got that. He picked five out of the top ten of commandments. And he was looking, saying, hey, I know that you're following these. I already know when he asked him, he already knew what the guy was going to say. And yet he still asked him anyway because it was part of the moral code of society. It was part of life in every single day life. The guy who was a rich man understood what he had to do to follow the law. He understood what he had to do to remain in his society, in his caste and society. So Jesus already knew what he was going to be doing. But then he takes it one step farther. He kind of baits him a little bit and says, hey, just do this. And he's like, hey, I've already done that. He says, okay, one more thing. Sell everything you have. Follow me. It's a hard thing to do. Because this man was satisfied. He was satisfied with his life. Probably didn't have many needs. Knew what he had and knew what he wanted. And he could go out and get it. He really didn't need God. So why do you think he comes to Jesus and calls him good teacher? Why do you think he comes to him and says, hey, how do I inherit eternal life? Probably thinking that Jesus would say, hey, you've already got enough. Come on in. Join the party. But no, Jesus calls him out and says, hey, you've got one more thing to do. It's not just about following the rules. 
It's about doing something more. I think a lot of people misunderstand this passage. Because a lot of people just focus back on the money because it's all about money. But it's really not. Though it would be kind of crazy to sell everything we have in today's economy, right? It would be kind of crazy to go out there and say, just give everything to the poor and just say, okay, I'm going to live out of a cardboard box. I don't think Jesus is telling us that today. I don't think he's going out saying, hey, you guys need to form a big commune in Fayetteville and everyone sell everything you have, share each other's wealth, and then, you know what, I'll, I'll be there in your midst and we'll take care of you. I don't think Jesus is saying that. But what Jesus is saying is that this man was focused so much on money, he couldn't see God. This man was focused so much on his wealth and what he had and what he could do with it, that it was keeping him back from doing what he was supposed to be doing. That thing was holding him back. Is there something in your life holding you back? from taking that next step in a deeper relationship with God? Is there something holding you back from really doing everything that you know you could be doing for others around you? Is there something holding you back that you don't even know yourself? Today, a day of remembrance. is one of those days we have to stop and look at our own lives. Say, I should look at my own life and know what God is trying to do. Another story I was remembering in Fort Hood, Texas, uh, we had a, a big reunion for all the veterans of 1st Cavalry Division. And it was a really big thing, kind of like All-American Week that we do here at Fort Bragg for 82nd. And all these veterans came back, and I got to meet the, the 2nd Battalion, 8th U.S. Cavalry chaplain that was in Vietnam. And I was in Iraq with them, and we shared some war stories. And it was kind of funny. I felt like I was in a VFW already. Like, wait a minute, I haven't even retired yet. But we were just sharing good old war stories about things that we had seen and things that we had done. And uh, he was showing me around to some of his friends. And then one person he introduced me to was a Medal of Honor winner. If you don't know what that is, it's the highest decoration that any service member can ever receive. It is the biggest thing. Basically, you put your life in the line, save somebody, and you were able to get out. And this man was wearing his Medal of Honor not to say, hey, this is what I did. But everyone was coming up to ask him and ask him, hey, how did you do it? What were you doing? How? Where were you? Were you scared? And I just sat back and listened to him talk to all these people. And he was just very, very humble about, well, I'm just an average man. I was in the right place at the right time. But one thing he said stuck in my head that I will never forget. He said one thing that a lot of soldiers don't realize is that they are the ones that hold themselves back. They are the ones that hold themselves back to think, I can't go out there. I can't do this. I can't go out there. And he said, one thing I didn't think about that day was myself. One thing I didn't think about my, was myself because I wasn't thinking about all the kids I was going to have. I wasn't thinking about my wife back at home. I wasn't thinking about my future, my dreams, everything that I was. I just saw my guys in danger. I went out and I rescued them and I came back. That's all I did. But that one thing that he said to me, we hold ourselves back. Every one of us could be a Medal of Honor winner. But you know what? There's that thing inside a lot of us that says, I can't do it. I will never measure up. I will never make it past this. I will never do what I think that I can do. I'm sure a lot of us have been to that point in our lives. I hit that point many times in my life. 
to include seminary when I was sitting there trying to take my Greek and Hebrew finals and almost had an anxiety attack, got up and walked out. My first year. Man, (laughs) you think God would have been there in the middle of that test, right? But no. God was trying to show me it's not about me. It's about what he wants to do through me. And about how he can just touch anybody where they are with what they have. And everything relies upon him. Point number two. Jesus finishes with, follow me. He says, follow me. Because the rich man's question was about eternal life. He was so focused on the physical life of investing and making sure he had everything that he didn't really think about the investment in his spiritual walk. Investment in his spiritual life. Jesus goes on in verse 24 through 25 to say how hard it is for a rich to enter the kingdom of God. That's kind of a bold statement, isn't it? Okay, we don't have to worry about it because there's no one rich in here, right? We can all enter God's kingdom. Indeed, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Why would Jesus say this? Most of all, why would he say it the way he did? Once again, I think Jesus had a reason and intentionality to say, hey, think about this. Remember what I've done for you. Remember what I can do for you. Think about what you're going through. Jesus always had a way of communicating to people where they were in the language that they could speak. And every single time, he grabbed hold of them and made them think about what he was really trying to do. Because I'm sure the rich man had many camels. Back then, it was a sign of wealth. It was like having immense, immense popularity and understanding that you had everything. This man probably had thousands of camels. And there's also a gate in Israel called the the Neil's Eye. And this is a gate that you had to bring your, your livestock through to sell them, to barter for them to put them on the market to get something back in return. So Jesus is actually speaking in a hyperbole. He's saying to this man, hey, I know what you're all about. I know what you really are talking about. Because all you're concerned about is assuming wealth, getting what you have, and selling it, and then getting more wealth. So Jesus, is he really talking about taking a big animal like a camel and sticking it through the eye of a needle? Yes, I think he is. Because that would be impossible, wouldn't it? That would be an impossible thing. And yet Jesus is speaking about that to understand what a human can actually understand. How many people think that a camel could go through eye of a needle? Exactly. But yet Jesus says, what is impossible to man is possible with God. So why can't we believe If Jesus says it can happen, why can't we take that step of faith and say, I got it? It's all about faith. It's all about understanding what you can do in my life. What's funny here is the disciples get all insecure about it in verse 28. And they say, well, we've left everything. We had to follow you. We've left everything. Jesus, we're here. We got the Jesus Freak t-shirt. We're standing here. We got it. And Jesus again looks back at them and says, it's not about you. However, I will reward you here and in life after. But why are the disciples always the one to stand up and say, hey, don't forget about me, don't forget about me? So I think he's trying to show us that that's what we do sometimes. 
That's what we do sometimes in our lives to say, hey God, don't forget about me. I'm still over here in Fayetteville. Don't forget about me. I'm just kind of doing my own thing, but, you know, kind of throw a blessing to me every once in a while. Give me like a nice house and, you know, really nice big SUV or something. Give me something I could use, like a million dollars in my bank account. I don't have to worry about it during this economy. You know, I'd be a great blessing to all those people around me. But Jesus is trying to say, it's not about us. It's all about him. So Jesus helps this rich man understand that it's not about what you have. but It's about who you are and who you believe in. And he tells the disciples what they've done and what they'll be rewarded for. And it's funny, look back at what God has brought me through. How many things that God has just shown me are his will and his way. And I just said, wait a minute, <laughs> I don't think I'm the guy for this. And I love what Moses says in Exodus 3. He says, hey, I can't go back to Egypt. I've already left there. I can't do that, God. I got a stuttering problem. I can't do this. I got this. I got this. I got this. God says, don't worry about it. I'll go with you. And Moses is still saying, no, wait a minute. You don't get it. I, I, I can't do that. I'm already telling you there's no way. But then God says, don't worry about it. I'll send somebody with you. I will send them along your path to you and understand that I'm with you. How you follow Christ is important. And what you do is important. And I would say that I started out with a number of guys when we started in Bible school and then going through seminary. And a number of my friends never finished. A number of them got great jobs or met women. <laughs> Crazy that. I mean, you're really just distracting today, so... But God is trying to say that there are some people that will give a little bit just to get enough, but they won't sacrifice it all for the call of God. So if they can't do it, how are we supposed to do that? God says, I will be there with you. I will give you what you need. I will go there and show you everything you need. A number of guys I talk to, whether they're pastors or people that I work with, uh, in my battalion. They're like, yeah, I've always wanted to be a chaplain. I've always wanted to do this. I want to do that. But if I was only younger, or if I could just c- complete all the requirements, or if I, if I had, didn't have all this debt from my last college experience, they start throwing out excuses. And I was telling them that God calls me to be a chaplain. Just like God called Pastor Mark to be a pastor. Not everyone could be Pastor Mark, thank God. Not everyone could do what Pastor Mark does. But God calls us each one of us in a different way, in a different method, and he speaks to us in our need to where we are. God wants to talk to you today. We just have to be listening. So what does this mean for today? Are there things that are holding us back? Are there things that are in our lives that we just don't see? Because our own selectivitis has allowed us to not remember them. Are there things that we just can't see Because God is not really a priority in our lives. Pastor Mark has been doing a great job with some of the sermon series. But you think that he actually had a a, a larger plan in mind? You think that Pastor Mark had this little thing going on like, hey, we just want to like throw out a bunch of great sermons and make you feel good about yourself and, you know, fix up your life? Well, yeah, I'm sure that was part of it. But as we heard earlier today, this church is all about missions. It's all about reaching out to those people who won't come into this church. It's all about reaching those people that are out in other countries, in other lands, in other communities, in other societies. 
that don't have contact with this church. But maybe you do. I tell you, I love being an army chaplain. I can't imagine doing anything else. But even inside my own battalion, there are some guys that won't talk to me. There are some guys that I can't reach because of personality or they don't like me or whatever. But there are other people that they can talk to. And there are other people that they will talk to. So I grab another hold of a believer, talk to them, and they will talk to them. It's all about understanding those people in your community. Understanding where you need to be and who you should be ministering to. Today, Memorial Day, is a day of remembrance. A day to stop and think about the things in our lives and those people who have gone before us. And I'd like to close with an exercise that helps me remember some things in a time of decision or a time of, of despair. So I want you to put your thinking caps on today. I want you to look at the part of your brain that actually remembers certain things. And remove that selectivitis out of there. What I want you to do is think about one of the greatest experiences of your life. Why was it the greatest experience? Maybe it was a sad experience. Maybe it was one of those things that you'll never forget because it hurts so bad. Or maybe it was one of those times where God spoke into your life and truly impacted you for a reason that you don't know. Just think about that for a second. Think about what is God doing in your life right now. Do you have that thought? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. But how many of those actually involved what Jesus has done in your life? How many of those actually talk about those things that God has done, not just in your family, but in what you're doing every single day? Because I believe that's what Jesus is saying in this passage, is remember Remember what you have done, but then follow me. And Jesus shows us exactly what to do. Jesus says, follow me. And in Calvary tradition, I wanted to do a Pastor Markism and create a whole new word that you've never heard of before. <laughs> so we've created a word called followemia. Some people don't understand what it is to completely follow. And followemia, it's a condition that God has set out for us, and yet we choose not to go completely that way. God has showed us what to do, but we won't take that extra step. It's followemia. <laughs> Anyone can hear a great sermon. Anyone can hear a, a great Bible message. But to take that next step and to follow God completely is the hard part. Following me is when we just don't believe that God will take care of us in our need. God won't take care of us even though he's already showed us numbers of time before that he will be there. It's about understanding that God can be there, but we are choosing not to believe. Because we won't follow completely. It's a disease of following me. <laughs> I talk to my soldiers all, all the time about what they've done in combat and about combat stress and the things that they're going through. And one thing that I always talk to them about is, you know, I don't bring a weapon into combat. Looking for shocked faces all around. Yes, I don't bring a weapon in combat. I can't. I'm a chaplain. I'm a non-combatant. And to look at these hard-charging warriors and the hundreds of weapons they bring with them, and you, they say, wait a minute, you don't bring a weapon with you. I said, no, I don't. 
I just believe in God and the faith that he will bring me through no matter what I get through. And they are freaked out by that. Absolutely freaked out by that. And then I'll talk to friends and pastors. And uh, Heidi and I went to uh, my 10-year reunion at Bible College not too long ago. And I talked to them about how I jump out of planes and do all sorts of crazy stuff with the army. And, and they just, they are freaked out by that. And then I talk to my high school friends. Those guys that I'll get through uh, in a a network device like a Facebook or something. And I'll talk about how I'm a minister and how I'm actually preaching the word of God and, you know, helping soldiers every single day. And they are freaked out by that. They're like, how could you do that? That's just crazy. Why would you do that? I said, I had to follow God. God showed me which way to go. God showed me exactly what to do. And I had to follow him. Now, I admit, there are some things that I haven't done completely. But there's still time left. And that's what we have to focus on today. What about your life? What about the events of your life? What has God brought you through? What is God showing you in your life? I think Jesus' message today is not just follow me, but follow me as I follow God. Follow me as I sacrifice for mankind. Follow me as I teach you to minister one to another. And follow me as I show you how to reach those people in society that will never come into a church like this. Follow me. Don't suffer from followemia. Don't suffer from that incredible disease of not taking that next step to really share in what God has in a rich blessing of ministering the gospel. This Memorial Day, we want to stop and remember what Jesus has done, and and remember all the things that he's going to do. But then we also have to take that next step. He wants us to bring others to God as we follow him. Let us pray. God, I just thank you for this incredible church, and I thank you for the ministry that goes on here every single week. God, I know that this church has been a rich blessing to my wife Heidi and I in our family. God, as you have directed me to walk out into the ministry of of the military and taken me away many times, this church has been a great support. Always being there. Always speaking encouragement. Always just sending a care note or a care package or something just to reach out. But God, today I just ask that as we look to our own lives today, during Memorial Day weekend, that you would help us to remember all the things that you have done through us. And God, that you would just be here as we look into what you want for us to do tomorrow. God, we know that Memorial Day is all about remembering those who have served in the armed forces. But God, today you have a spiritual force out there today. You want us to serve in your army. You want us to be there where you are. And God, we just thank you for that privilege. We thank you for that honor. We thank you for that incredible invitation. But God, there's one thing we have to do more, which is follow you. I want want to be that person that you want me to be. I want to take that step into the fray, and I want to be that person that will step out in the front lines of ministry and say, God, I want to be that Jesus to that person who has never seen the peace of God. I want to be that person of grace and mercy in someone else's life that doesn't know about your love. I want to be that person to take that step, to share 
and not just the blessing, but in the incredible awestruck nature that we have. When you descend on a room, when you are here with us, God, we know that you are there. Because God, without you, we can do nothing. But with you, we can do everything. God, it's with you we can do everything. God, I thank you for your ministry today. I thank you for your incredible people. And I thank you for what you're doing and you're going to do today. In Jesus' name, say amen.